Welcome to First Issue Club, your weekly comic book reading club in the form of a podcast. How about that? T-G-I-F-I-C. You may have noticed, we've moved. A whole two damn days down the week. And you all were furious and you let us know about it. It's payday. Mm -hmm. Perfect day to learn about new comics to spend your money on. It's the precursor to the weekend. Everyone's working for it. If we sound like a well-oiled machine, it's because we're recording on Groundhog's Day. This is the sixth time we've been through it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we get to February 3rd and get out of the loop. Bill Murray just left. It's cold out here every day. What is this, Miami Beach? (laughs) It's also, we're recording on another important day as well. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mike D. Thank you so much. Happy birthday to you. I appreciate it. You know what my favorite happy birthday song is? I think it's... um, Happy birthday to you. Who is that? Is that Stevie Wonder? I don't know, but it is a peppy jingle. That's a goddamn good birthday song. Beyonce did one, too. Really? She does a version of Happy Birthday that is a fucking banger. To ya. Yes, just singing it makes you happy. I prefer the Marilyn Monroe sexy version. <laughs> happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> I still think the funniest take on that is when Dave Chappelle was just like, ah, like, my wife is here. You cannot sing like that to me. <laughs> that is the funniest thing about pop culture is that little happy birthday is forever uh, embedded into our zeitgeist is a sexy happy birthday song. That's so weird. We must sexualize everything. Yeah, why not? I mean, the last frontier was happy birthday. <laughs> no one knew how to do it. And then I, Marilyn was like, step back, everybody. I think if there's like one part of your body that you're like, this will never get objectified. Mm-hmm. It was probably feet. And now there's like. Nope. Then <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was just like, well, now wait a minute. Is he a foot guy? Uh, it's Have ru- you ever seen his movies? It's rumored that he is because really? feet are featured oh, he gets in, a, good in, a, in a lot of shots. Feet shots, okay. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman had some feet shots. and Every movie, man. Yeah. Every single movie. Once upon a time in Hollywood, she had them gross, dirty piggies on the windshield. <laughs> Those stinky hippie feet. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, no one is safe. Well, anyway, happy birthday. Thank you. Another year around the sun. Yes. Um, are you upset that you have to share it with Groundhog's Day? Nah, it's a fun little quirk thing. A lot of people remember my birthday because of it. It always trips me up because you have a twin sister. Yep. And her birthday- It's February 1st. It's not today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, you were uh, magically born uh, around midnight-ish. Over midnight, yeah. She was delivered first. I was delivered right after midnight. Did that um, silence of a lot of a lot of fights and arguments around birthday time between you two? You didn't have to share a birthday? I think it probably did. I think that was a, a great- just happenstance. Yeah. She had her own special day. I had mine. To all, all parents out there that are having twins, make sure you do it around midnight. If you think this couldn't get any crazier, my dad's birthday is January 31st. Oh, wow. So three birthdays in a row. When's your mom's birthday? Um, Doesn't have one. Can't March. It. <laughs> her birthday's March. Oh. So three months in a row? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's she just gets, close to mine. She mine's March out. 5th. Yeah. Hers is the 8th. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. So you guys like Thanksgiving rolls around and it's just like nonstop, huh? Yep. Present after present after present. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I can't yeah, I can't stop gaining weight until after my birthday. <laughs> until it's about just like, May. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's rough times. Yep. Even St. Patrick's Day is always like that for me. I always end up eating so shitty on St. Patrick's Day. All the corned beef and hash. Because it's like, <laughs> dude, and you just want to like eggs. <laughs> so, sop up all the beer with just like pizza and any carbs you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. So you're just not picky because you're gross drunk. Yeah. I think the the drunkest I've been, obviously, has been St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And we went to a place that's no longer here in Kansas City that is now like a seafood restaurant, but it served like breakfast food on the main strip by Westport. Mm-hmm. And I remember eating so much eggs and like hash browns, <laughs> yeah, completely wasted. That um, there's a very memorable St. Patrick's Day because I threw up, yuck, right outside the restaurant. Ugh. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast where we talk about comic books. Should I talk about my comic book birthday spoils, or should we save that for the Patreon? Um, your choice. You're the birthday boy. The I took a video of what you bought and put it on the 
Patreon-exclusive Twitter feed. Let's save it for the Patreon. Okay. If you want to know what Mike T got for his birthday, head on over to the Patreon. Patreon.com backslash First Issue Club. That's right. For all the spoils. <laughs> Any comic book news to hash out? I feel like we had a news-heavy... We got an extra two days of news having pushed our podcast yeah. to Friday, too. And I'm glad we did, because yeah. we would have missed James Gunn mm-hmm. coming out and dropping absolute bombs for his new DCU lineup. And ladies and gentlemen listening, there are some dynamite hits out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the one that stands out the most to me is the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. That was my pick for best graphic novel this past year mm-hmm. in our best of episode. Yeah. Which I felt like was a cheating pick because it's just a collected <laughs> it wasn't like written as an original graphic novel. Um but man, that book was so fucking good. Yeah, and I think James Gunn being the director that he is will stick with the hyperviolence and yeah. revenge story. Right. Uh we've o- always classified it as like a John Wick Supergirl story. There's a and there's even a dog in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm super excited to see that. Um, a Swamp Thing Dude. is coming. Yeah, which no one saw that coming. No, I'm so. I mean, me and 10K. Yeah, super stoked. I mean, after the debacle with the TV show, which <sighs> gone too soon. And I I never watched the TV show on HBO. It was good. I heard it was fantastic. It was. It and it really just got was. canned too quickly. They Did I they mean, take it off? Is it still on there? I don't know. I heard mm-hmm. that uh, some of the DC things have been disappearing off of HBO Max. I bought it on Blu-ray because I was like, I have to preserve Oh, nice. This. Like, yeah. I have Physical to, media. I have to own it. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Um, a Brave and Bold, mm-hmm. which is Batman and Damien yeah. as Robin. Yeah. Which is cool, but also suggests... That Nightwing exists in D- in the DCU that James Gunn is building. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I am, Logic dictates. I am kind of hoping that by them steering intentionally away from calling it like Batman and Son. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that would be the low-hanging fruit for that, right? Yeah. Right. That's the, you know, whatever. I am kind of hoping they pull a bait and switch and just... Bruce Wayne is not Batman in this. And they, they pull it straight from Grant Morrison oh. and, and have Dick Grayson be yeah. Batman. Holy shit. That would be cool. Wouldn't it? Because then you could set up the whole like Bruce Wayne coming back from the dead. You just pre-murder him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just have him come back from the dead or something. And if you got Damien... You're going to be dealing with Lazarus Pits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are, the only thing, the only Talia thing we know Abu. about it is that it is Damien is Robin. Yep, he had confirmed that. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. He said Damien specifically was his favorite Robin, yeah. yes. so he was excited to bring him to the screen. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so yeah, so that's going to be coming out. Yep. Um, a Superman story that isn't an origin story mm-hmm. that is, I think, based off of All Star Superman. It's yeah. What did he say? Batman, uh, Superman Legacy is the name of the movie. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. I mean, a lot of people are throwing around the like the All Star Superman thing, which which is has kind all... of revered as like a current f- masterpiece of a Superman story. That's what I've always said they should do. Like, mm-hmm. if you're looking, if you don't know how to make a Superman movie, just make All Star Superman. The one thing James Gunn did was like totally speak the language of the fans like yeah. he's plucking from comic book stories that everyone really likes yeah every beat was like that's exciting that's exciting the direction we're going he gave a cool kind of like a whole recap on like what is going to exist outside of this new connected universe and what's going to be inside it right that things are going to start being labeled as elseworld which if, that's the first time that term has been used so great yeah like I'm so excited for this because this is something that we've talked about on debates on tap a lot is like it seems like such a no brainer to just do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like give it a label, whether it's during the the studio sequence, you know, DC Studios, Elseworlds. Right. Like and then just let it be whatever movie it's going to be. Right. Yeah, completely. (laughs) And I think it's really cool that there's going to be cart animated series that'll yeah. be part of the 
canon as well. And have character crossovers. Yeah, he said the voice act, they're going to try to get the voice actors from the mm-hmm. cartoons to play the characters in the movies. Which is kind of what Marvel intended to do with What If. There was some, yeah. you yeah. know, actors they couldn't get, which, you know. It's fine, but I mean, yep. it, it, it's, it speaks to what you were saying about James Good, James Gunn taking a page from Marvel of just like how to build the hype machine, how to make sure the hype machine stays on track and keep people interested. And he's taking all of those beats and making it finally work for DC currently at this moment. We'll mm-hmm. see as the train keeps going down the track what happens. We're kind of saying like, so DC is obviously owning comic book news this week, but it's still... As baller as a move as it was for him to just get on Twitter and very like plainly state like here's what's happening, mm-hmm. no confusion, here's what to expect over the next three years. Um I did kind of feel like they shot their wad <laughs> like a little early on because normally you make a big event or a to do out of it or you announce things at planet uh, at uh, different comic cons and things sure, like yeah. that. Uh-huh. Um but I guess going forward to all the conventions, they've got like casts to announce. And That's what it is. Yeah, all those sort of things that'll keep people excited. Cast, directors, teasers. Yeah, all kinds of shit. I think it's a smart move too, though. They're they're trying to avoid, I think, a situation that Marvel has gotten themselves into in the past, where like, oh, we've announced this movie, and now we just let it gestate out there, mm-hmm. so people start speculating and getting their hopes up and getting all this stuff out there and like no here's what we're doing here's how it's going to move forward yeah at least the titles okay you now you know there's a swamp thing all right fan cast whatever you know sure, speculate yeah. on what what runs we're going to pull from it helps the conversation and the hype build yeah but but in but the, it's not so far out yeah that like the whole uh inhumans thing where it was like this inhumans movie is slotted for this year and yeah. then it's like let's move it three years out <laughs> well let's do a tv show first uh, yeah the tv show was bad let's scrap the movie yeah let's hope everyone forgets about this <laughs> yeah, right yeah all all that stuff it kind of helps wrangle it in um and i think you if you're dc you want to make that announcement as soon as possible so that the Snyder people like shut the hell up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want those people <laughs> like you owning the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it begins to be like, um, not to veer this towards sports, but like the, the Benga, the Bengals mm-hmm. were talking a lot of trash and they lost to the Chiefs and now they look like stupid heads. The Snyder folks were just talking a bunch of trash because nothing had come out yet from James Gunn. Right. And then James Gunn came out. And just dropped it all. And there was a, a swarm of support from basically everyone on every social media platform of just like, yeah. this sounds badass. Yeah, We don't need an origin story for Batman or Superman because we know who they are. Yeah. And they finally have gotten that into their heads that they don't need to do an origin story. And so I, I think you're right. I think they just learned from their mistakes. And uh, it's only roses from here. I'm crossing my fingers for DC fans. Yeah. Clarify this for me. It sounds like so. I know that Robert Pattinson Batman mm-hmm. was going to get another movie. Yes, I as far as I know, that's still happening. Correct. Yes, he's in the Else World, and he's it's considered an Else World Batman thing. And so they could just keep on keeping on with that yeah. if they want. Okay, yeah. and so is the the two he specifically mentioned were that and Todd Phillips Joker. Okay. Yeah. The second Joker movie. That's is, right. I forgot about a second Joker movie. Yeah. That that is specifically Elseworld. Yeah. Um. That's their black label. <laughs> yeah. The, the Todd Phillips Joker. Yeah. I think about a lot of my friends and family who just like casually keep track of like fun action movies mm-hmm. and how confusing some of the Marvel stuff is for them. And the idea of there being <laughs> three Batman movies three, at once, <laughs> three different like Batman movies and three different Bruce Wayne's, everyone's going to be like, "What the hell?" I think they're calling those things Elseworld for now because they're already in production or too much money mm-hmm. has gone into them already. Yeah, but there's no way they make a third Robert Pattinson Batman movie. I don't think if it makes in, money, unless they one hundred percent, unless will. the second one is like gets amazing reviews and does great. Well, the first one did really well. Well, the first one was like mid-COVID, wasn't it? Not mid-COVID. No, was I mean, it, it came the out. End? It came out like last year. 
didn't yeah so in into COVID, post covid yeah. to me it seemed like it kind of quietly came out and then there wasn't much of like a conversation or discourse surrounding it which is a bad thing i think that the reason though is because it was good enough yeah. and so the conversation was, was good enough yeah, yeah so the conversation was okay that was good that yeah. was good yeah. mm-hmm. and the, but it didn't blow anybody away and it didn't suck yeah, yeah. so everyone on twitter didn't have anything to fuel the fire with besides of just like yeah, okay I, it was good I think the other thing, too, is like specifically with Batman, it would be insanely easy to make like Robert Pattinson Batman and then have mainstream DC in continuity Batman be a 180 tonally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you've got dark, gritty, you know, detective Batman Mm -hmm. living in his own world. And then you've got kind of like Zoom Pow. You know, shark shark repellent Batman, not that you know zany, but like something you know. It's more colorful. It's more energetic. It's more you know. It would it would also be fun if you know you do their new Batman movies, their new you know all star Superman esque movie, and then if they do decide to do a Crisis on Infinite Earths type thing to bring Henry Cavill back and uh, as Batman. (laughs) As <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking and about. Ben Affleck as Superman. <laughs> Tell and me you, you wouldn't watch that. And then you could do Robert Pattinson all in like a big, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, wild Universal crossover thing. And I think they're trying to do that a little bit with the Flash movie that they're still going ahead with. How cool would it be? <laughs> or stupid? <laughs> so those those walk us the same they line. Walk, they do walk a thin line. If um. In the Robert Pattinson movies, yeah, his Bruce Wayne gets super jaded and becomes the Bat Who Laughs. Dope. Oh my god. And then enters into the other <laughs> Batman universe. Dude, give me the Dark Knight's metal movie. Yeah, right. Now. Yeah. Dark, Dark yeah. Knight metal movie would be sick. <laughs> it would just be like uh, Mad Max Fury Road, yeah, essentially. Man. Yeah, totally. Give me that, that, that movie. Sounds sick. That's so... Oh, it'd be so over the top and cartoony that I think people would have fun with it, even if they didn't get the multiversal aspect of it. Yeah. Or was the, the the one of the same characters from that uh, event the 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 Grim Knight? It was basically just like oh, Batman with like a Knight. subatomic she- machine gun. He yeah. was almost like a Punisher esque type t- character. That dude fucking ripped. That was yeah. really cool. <laughs> that mean, was really cool. That could be Robert Pattinson in a heartbeat. Yeah, give me all of that. And James, I know you're listening. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, uh, he's a Patreon member as well. Let me score this movie. Like, let me, <laughs> let me get the soundtrack for you. Yeah, this is gonna be all death metal. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it has to be, right? <laughs> um, we'll get into more of the movies coming out uh, over at the Patreon and what movies uh, and what comics inspired them. Uh, there was a, a few other TV shows, like Amanda Waller's getting a TV show with, uh, mm-hmm. it, like it's in between Peacemaker. Season one and two, like that's the oh interesting time frame it's set in, and okay. so um, there's some other cool stuff to talk about, but we'll go into that over at the Patreon. Yeah. Um, so if you want more of that discussion, go to Patreon.com/backslash First Issue Club, and uh, for the price of a comic, you can get tons of episodes, tons of videos, and a picture of my butt cheeks. Probably not, but <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, there are new Ninja Turtles in the Ninja Turtle verse. Have you guys heard about this? I've seen this. Have, Have you seen this? this? Have you heard about this? Slipping into Jay Leno. Great Jay impression. Um, I have not. Uh, so if you haven't been reading, uh, The Last Ronin was like a new series that came out that followed- Kevin Eastman actually wrote this one, right? Yes. Yeah. And Kevin Eastman is actually helping with the Lost Years, which is okay. the, like, I don't know, spin-off the sequel, book? the spinoff It's a to... prequel, right? I'm pretty a- sure it's- No, it's actually post. Is it? And, no, it can't be because of the way it ended. Uh, the the la- last, last Ronin? Ronin? Yeah. Well, the last Ronin is a prequel to The Lost Years from how I read it. Okay. Because we would think with a title like The Lost Years, it would be like what happened in between. Yeah, that's right. what I mean. Maybe I read it wrong. Anyway. Did you read Last Ronin? Uh, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. I know who dies and yeah. I know who's in it. Yeah. And I don't know who the last Ronin is. Yeah. Were there new characters introduced in it? I mean, yeah. I know we got- um, Was it these things? 
April no. O'Neil's daughter. Correct. Was a very cool K- character. Casey Jones. May O'Neil. Yeah. Yeah. I read them, but it's been like, what, a year and a half? It's been a long time. Yeah. Shouldn't have left you. (laughs) Without some dope turtles to step to. (laughs) And that's what we're getting right now in the Lost Years. Uh, Four new uh, brothers and sisters, turtles. Yeah. Anthropomorphized. (laughs) Taught martial arts in their misadventures that they go on. Dope. Uh, It actually came out. On the 25th of January, the first issue. Yeah. Vargas, have you read it? I've, no, I've got it sitting on my pile, but I haven't read it. I don't know if I'm going to like it. It sounds too unrealistic to me. So, <laughs> where did they get more ooze? Well, the, the dark web. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, you can find anything on dark okay, web sure. or eBay. And so, like, the uh, the names of the turtles, which I'm about to read, as a stick with the Renaissance uh, theme, no. Okay, yeah, it I'll, I'll let you finish. No, I'm 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 saying no because like Lamy it Fanish, doesn't, Lamy Fanish, Lamy which Fanish. irks me as a turtle purist. I don't know. They could have gone for like impressionists or Na- they should have named them after modern artists. Yeah, like, my, guys that are Banksy, like, get over here. Yeah, yeah. Jackson Pollock, get, is, get over is here. Is a turtle purist a tourist? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a tourist. You're a tourist. Okay, <laughs> I'm a tourist. Uh, so the turtles' names are. Odin, Yi, Moja, and Uno. So sure. no theme. None that is popping out to me. Right. I are don't they, know. If, are they all named after gods? Uh, I don't know. I don't is, know many gods. Is Uno a god? I don't know. I mean, you got Odin and Ye. What's Ye? <laughs> you know, Kanye. Yeah. Is it spelled Y-E? It's Y-A. Y-I. Oh. Okay. So Yi. <laughs> Yay! I thought it was yay because he's bigger than Jesus. <laughs> and so, uh, let's see here. Um, they're the heirs to ninja skills and weapons of the original four turtles. With Splinter long dead, spoiler, they've been raised by April O'Neil and her daughter, Casey Marie, who is, of course, the Casey Jones is her father. Yeah. And so, I don't know. What do you guys think about adding... It's like Saved by the Bell, the new class. You're just essentially... Mixing in new turtles for the next generation. I'll say, Kevin Eastman, you've shown incredible restraint. The fact that, like, that it's happening now? The fact that it's happening, like, 30, 40 years <laughs> later, like, come on, no one should be complaining. Well, about now, to this. be fair, we had a shotgun blast of new characters with the TV show, as, like, with the toy line and all that. But there weren't new, like, mainline heroes, right? None well, that were, like, turtles. I mean, except, except for Spike and Jenica. And Jen, oh, Jenica. Jenica was new. And then. <laughs> that sounded like you were thinking of a lost love. I know. I was like, oh, Jenica. Uh, I told you did, not to bring her name up. Did Jenica trigger something? Well, and then. Uh, <laughs> wasn't there like. Venus to Milo. Venus was the one from the TV show. Mm-hmm. Correct. And <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers Venus, but her design was like, she had like a breastplate. Yeah. Like. She had turtle titties. <laughs> right. God. The eternal anatomy. Tittles. They Tur- don't. Turties. They don't. We're not doing this. <laughs> this ain't. I know it's your birthday, but we're not spinning on this bit. <laughs> we're going to paint ourselves into a real corner. We're sorry. Uh, the, 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 it just blew my mind that they had to like make that so they could tell this is a woman turtle <laughs> right. and, this is a fe- and these are male turtles. Mm-hmm. But they didn't give like cod pieces like for the male turtles. Yeah, that is goofy. Um, where was I going? With? Oh, anyway, new new four turtles. I thought it was noteworthy to to throw in the show. Yeah, sorry, I sound gruffer than usual because my son sneezed in my face a week and a half ago. And yeah, right, you're I'm, just getting over it. I'm just getting over a mm-hmm. uh, Teddy cold. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, this is primarily Mike D news. Uh, the fall of X titles have been revealed. X stuff. Because you are the resident X head. I'm a freak for X. And Sins of Sinister just started this week or last week? Last week. Last yeah. week. We got it right here. We're going to cover on the show. And so we have some books that are going to spin out from that and some new books that essentially appear to be wrapping up or predicting the fall of Krakoa and the Jonathan Hickman X era. Lately, I've been considering one of the things I do organizationally with my comics uh, if you'll entertain me for a bit while I go on a spiel here, is once I have enough of something in my larger run of Marvel boxes, I'll pull it out into its own sub-filing 
uh, focused specifically on like the Spider-Man family of comics and then the X-Men family of comics. I have so many X-Men comics now that I'm thinking about pulling out Krakoan era mm-hmm. comics into their own series of boxes. Right. And it for that to happen, I need there to be an end in sight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the like, name like the fall of X, you may be getting yeah, I think we're going to get it, um, but we'll see. It, it it could be a thing where like the X-Men live on Krakoa for, you know, another 10 years and, and then that's just not going to be sustainable or a way for me to break up those uh, issues. But I think I'm, think, uh, I'm yeah. thinking about it. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, you have so many I kind of X-Books. As, as much as I love all the titles that are a part of it and this has been really fun, I'm kind of ready for it to be done. Well, just something to change or happen or like some sort of comeuppance. Just I'm a big like Sentinels, Nimrod, Mm -hmm. Mother Mold. Like I love all that stuff. And ever since Powers of X, Powers of 10, Mm -hmm. that was like hugely promised that we were going to get all kinds of Nimrod and Mother Mold sort of drama. And every like every year there's like two or three comics that are like, Hey, remember Nimrod's still around. Right. Remember Orcus is still uh, working in the shadows. Working in the shadows. Exactly right. But I'm like, man, let's get to that stuff. Well, you may be getting your wish. Uh, So this summer, four one shots will be coming out that like herald. Yeah, it's like a prelude into that era. So it's called Before the Fall. So the first book is X Men Before the Fall, Sons of X, written by Cy Spurrier, and the art and cover are by Phil Noto. Oh, yep. <coughs> Soul. Yeah. to buy. As they say online. The next book is called X-Men Before the Fall, Heralds of Apocalypse by Al Ewing and Luca Pizzari. Uh, the cover of that was one, made me want to purchase it. Like, I saw these four books, uh, and that was the one I was like, I have to get that at least. Yeah, because Apocalypse has been off with his family somewhere, and we haven't seen him since Swords? Is that right? Yeah. So, Swords of X brought in uh, Araco mm-hmm. to the fold, and then he's with all of his horsemen and children. So dope. Yep. He left the council. I love that storyline. It was fun. <laughs> I love how it was like did some like major big time stuff for the X universe, but... Also had a lot of levity. Um, it, it also sword kind of promised something that it didn't deliver on, and like not in a bad way, but like, like a, a giant sword fight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you thought everyone they did go on these quests to like get these swords. Yeah, but there wasn't any real. Yeah, I huge thought there. Thing. Was, I thought it was going to be like an epic battle, but it was more like fun games of chance. Right. So when those games of chance like happened. It really subverted your expectations, I think, because you were thinking like wartime battle fight. But mm-hmm. part part of that's, I think, why people were maybe a little disappointed in that event, just because it wasn't what people were expecting. Right. Not, yeah, that's what I was getting at. I liked it, but I get why people didn't. It's because you're a big brain. Needed more swords. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough sw- swords. Uh, the next book is X-Men Before the Fall, Mutant First Strike by Steve Orlando and Valentina Pinti. And the final book would be X-Men Before the Fall, Sinister Four by Kieran Gillen and Paco Medina. So look forward to those this summer. Four one-shots to precursor the, the fall of X. We assume the end of the Jonathan Hickman era. So what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they're probably going to cancel a bunch of books and relaunch a bunch of number ones right with fall of x my i i think what they may do is like the the sovereignty of krakoa will crumble Mm -hmm. and like the either the drug that they have been making has adverse effects or like stops working or something interesting uh but like Mutants will probably be like, I don't know, ostracized again. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, they're setting the stage for kind of the political aspects of it to crumble. Yeah, where a mm-hmm. lot of people are getting their 
medicines on the black market now yeah and they can't manage it and um they make some sort of like waiting queue for bring back to bring back normal humans mm. to life so right, yeah. people can continue to live and it's like sharing those gifts kind of opens up like the conversation of who gets what you know people with a lot of money and a lot of power are going to want that right um and it's going to get nasty quick so I, it seems like for a while they've been setting the stage for things to get like a little sloppy and, and crumble there. More time on Mars. That's all I say. Just move them. Go all to Mars. Well, part of me yeah. wonders if like, I don't think the Mars thing is sustainable and they killed a lot of the Araco population during um, Axe. Yeah. So they might be getting rid of... <laughs> um, My Mars planet? Here, yeah, Araco, I think. It'd be dope if at the end of Fall of X, they just like gave the mutants Mars. Like like <laughs> like if Mars became Genosia. Yeah. Where the, sure. know, that's that's their place, and then like the X books just became like adventure. <laughs> the in ultimate space. form of like segregation. It's <laughs> like no, you you just got your own planet and get the hell out of here. Sure. I mean I'm that's what I'm saying, though, right? Like that plays into the whole X-Men theme, sure, yeah. of them being ostracized. But imagine if, like, Marvel Cosmic just became the realm of mutants. They're just like the the the, the, <laughs> the lesson is that like people will never be tolerant. Yeah, so just, <laughs> so just go to a different so, planet. <laughs> so yeah, go to a different planet if you want to finally be at peace. Yeah, and then you're gonna learn. You go to another planet, and then people are gonna be nasty there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't escape hate you find out right yeah that's the last lesson you learn on your deathbed wonderful and then uh, that's all the news I had was the X stuff the James Gunn stuff and the new turtle stuff I was kind of wondering what Chris Claremont would think about <laughs> Professor X kind of being a real SOB um, lately and he's never really been like a completely altruistic guy like he's kind of been like a fallible character failable fallible yeah yeah um either one for it's our show we can say it however for a, lo- for a long time but you know part of me also thinks that maybe he should be one of those superman-esque characters that his vision for like peace and equality is like never shaken and he's always like a super altruistic character. Uh, I think that's kind of what Nightcrawler is. Yeah, Nightcrawler. The, Nightcrawler are. totally is that. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with like Way of X. Yeah. Um, great book. Yeah, super good. But that's you know he's the guy like the true north. You mm-hmm, know the, the right. heart of the team, whatever. I think Professor X, given the stuff that he's done in the past, mm-hmm. is past that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't really, like, rein back in some of the stuff, yeah. e- even in the current, like, Krakoan thing. Yeah. You know, kind of irredeemable. But I, I think Nightcrawler is just the one that jumps to mind. But I think there are characters mm-hmm. in the X canon that could be that. Yeah. Especially if you put them on, like, the main team. Mm-hmm. You know, some I- sort of idealistic whoever I, have, I love that like Jean gray left the Krakoan council hmm. because she's like the the politics of this aren't giving me a place where i can like be that altruistic type of person that yeah. i am yeah i need to be on like a hero team saving people because that's my identity and even though you realize that like you're sacrificing power and influence over this like greater power it's like i can't live with myself being in a position where i'm a part of the politics of this <laughs> and therein because lies the g- problem with politics in general yeah exactly yeah. right i mean there's there's just some good commentary in a lot of the x books and the council stuff lately that yeah. like mm-hmm. if you would have given me these comics as a kid 
I would have been like, I hate the council scenes. <laughs> but <laughs> as an adult, it's like, man, like the council like arguments are fantastic writing. Yeah. But that's why we have Jerry Duggan's X Men title. Yeah, with like that's what the yeah. <laughs> that's where all the good juicy stuff is for kids and people who want to see yeah. heroes being heroes. Totally. And and then you get Karen Gillan writing. Yeah, <laughs> Mortal X. The real shit. And yeah, it's like all council meetings. And I've always loved how. You know, as you grow older, you find you find out that Professor X and Magneto, you know, you're you're always taught that they're like two sides of a coin, but really they're the same side of the coin. Yeah. But Professor X is more of the hypocrite, and like Magneto is the one is just like the 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 right one. Yeah. And the who tells the truth. <laughs> yeah, man. How it is. Cer- certainly in the Krakoan era. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely side with Magneto <laughs> a lot more than I do. Super is like pragmatic and just like, no, that that's not going to work. Yeah. What, yeah. And, and in the meanwhile, you see um, Professor X inch closer to Beast, who has always kind of been like, eh, maybe a little too willing to be a bad guy. And like, he's like super poisoned, right? And that character in particular is like super poisoned right now. Yeah. But Professor X is definitely like tiptoeing into that bad guy direction. Well, I think Beast is having the the flop era, if you will, of like Reed Richards. Like you get to a point where you have this mass amount of intelligence and yeah. ability to make whatever you want. It's like way too jaded. Yeah, and like you see like the right way and how the world mm-hmm. should be. And like it, it's like you lose focus of humanity and like letting people live their lives and like make mistakes and whatever. And it's just like, no, if you did this, everything would be fine. And like- no, we're not going to use money. It's all going to be crypto. It's like, <laughs> we got to do this. And like, it, well, ter- it turns you evil. Yeah, we got to take away everyone's free will. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> yeah. That's the solution. Why can't you all be robots, goddammit? To, to push up my glasses here a little bit, <laughs> it's Ozymandias, right? Yes. From Watchmen. Yeah. Right? He's the smartest man in the world. He knows where humanity, big air quotes, should be mm-hmm. and takes things into his own hands to get them there. Right. And the problem with that is, is like their version of morality or right and wrong is based mm-hmm. like so far on like the spectrum of like mathematical correctness or like yeah. s- like scientific correctness, where it's just like there's no abstract reasoning or like uh, uh, improvisation of like how to live your life. It's just like by the books, black and white. Why can't you all be robots? Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> all we have to do is kill a million people. Oh, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> say again? Hold on. The, yeah, the interesting thing is with Watchmen and why it still holds up so well is that they went ahead and did, like, the bad guy won. Yeah. Uh-huh. And everyone was like, oops. Well, the damage is done. We might as well, like, not spoil the goal that this guy was trying to reach. Yeah. Uh-huh. And everyone went along with it. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, man, I still love that. Book. Oh, yeah. That's a book. great book. It's so yeah. fucking good. Yeah. Which is almost as like, why hasn't. Like, Professor X and, like, Ultron linked up. You know, like, because, yeah. I mean, like, Ult- like Ultron and, like, Reed Richards kind of want the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, just, you know, one is a little more violent than the other. But, I mean, ultimately, they have the same uh, end goal. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, um, you've got Danger as a character. That was, like, the sentient Danger Room. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and then... I th- in one of the X, I think it's one of the X Force storylines. One of the like helmets that backs up everybody, um, kind of becomes sentient or something. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Uh, are, are you thinking of uh, Phantom X's ship? Because he's. I don't think so. Okay. Well, maybe though. I don't know. Because Phantom X has like three brains, and one of them is external and lives inside of his spaceship. Oh, okay. <laughs> and is like its own character inside of uh, Uncanny yeah. X Force. Nice. I'm always confused, but like there's five Kit from Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but if Knight Rider was also Kit <laughs> or Richard Knight or whatever his name was, where's that TV show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, Sorry for the long X diversion, everybody. Are we still going on it? No, we're still in it. <laughs> the the one little piece of news I wanted to talk about. We don't have to talk about it for long because it's very divisive. But how old is Mike D? No, <laughs> Jim Steranko. Oh yeah. yeah. 
I don't think it's divisive. I mean, it's not. It's pretty straightforward. But what I wanted to talk about was, do I get this signed at Planet? Oh, you got one of these. Nice. Um, Beautiful. I got... It's it's beat up. There's a big tear in the bottom. Yeah. But I got a I'm Nick like Fury it, Agent of Shield number four. It presents well. It looks great on a wall. I got it for twenty bucks. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's worth it. Um classic Steranko cover. I love this cover. And Roy Thomas wrote it. Mm-hmm. Oh, both gonna be a planet. Both gonna be a planet. My consternation with it is do I give Jim Steranko twenty dollars? And stand in front of him and say, hey, sign this. Don't talk. Yeah, right. I don't like anything about you, yeah. like, as a person. Man. I don't want to give him money. Like, <laughs> the So what, what I, we're referring to is... I also bought something just for him to sign because I didn't have anything he did in good enough condition. Uh-huh. So I'm in, the, I'm in a very similar boat. Yeah. I guess. So uh, let, let's bring the audience up to speed. Jim, Jim Straneko is a legendary artist mm-hmm. in the comic book industry. Yeah. Any character you can think of, he's probably drawn it. He was doing double digits X-Men. Right. Well known for the Nick Fury shield run. Mm-hmm. And if um, you're picturing classic Captain America and it's not Jack Kirby. Then it's Steranko. It's Steranko. Yeah. And... If you haven't ever seen a picture of him, imagine if Stan Lee and Hugh Hefner <laughs> went through the same time machine that Jeff Goldblum and The Fly did yeah. in The Fly, and then they came out as one person, and that is what Jim Stranenko looks he's, like. Yeah. He's a rotisserie chicken <laughs> with shatter uh, yeah. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, he, he, I mean, he's quite the sight to behold. And, and this isn't a recent thing. This has been... Four or five years, this has been kind of yeah. bubbling under the surface. He's come out and said some pretty racist, out, racist things. Yeah, you don't have to beat around the bush. Yeah, with it. it's racist. He <laughs> and COVID has only fueled that. Yeah, more. Yeah, and so now we get into the existential discussion of: Can you separate the artists from the art? Well, for me, it goes beyond that, right? Because it's like. I can read a Jim Steranko comic and still enjoy it. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Right. I My think so too. I'm not going to let like years of Captain America stories be ruined for me because right. Mm-hmm. Okay. A, a guy's uh, and who I don't know if he's changed a lot since that I mean, time. You know, ultimately he's, he's like 85. Yeah. And I'm not saying like there was a while where he said a couple things. That I was like, eh, he's an 85-year-old guy. But yeah. the most recent stuff he's been saying, yeah. I was like, I think, Vargas, you might have said, too, that, like, this is not – you can't make give someone, like, an, <laughs> the old man excuse yeah. Right, yeah. for this because it's a little too far now. I mean, it, my problem is I don't want to – I don't want to hand the guy $20 to sign a comic. That That – Yeah. Like – is literally tacit tacitly agreeing or giving a pass to the bullshit sure. that he said. And even more so, I mean, how do you as Planet Comic Con invite him back to right. a con? Right. It's 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 a it's a tough thing. And I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because if it was me, I would be the one being like, we can't have this guy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at the con. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I mean that that's a tough decision. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> right, I know. On if you should or shouldn't get that signed. It is. It's another thing where like, do you separate the art from the artist? You know. And but but in that case, like, okay, do we separate Ethan Van Shiver? I I gave you guys first appearance of Glob and Stepford Cuckoos. Yeah. Yeah. Both co-created by Ethan Van Shiver. If yeah. he was at Planet, would you go give him ten dollars to sign those books? No. I wouldn't go ten feet. That's what I'm saying. Near that guy, right? Yeah, but it's tough. <laughs> it, it is tough, <laughs> and I almost was just like, "Well, they're it's different. It's not really that different, except that Stranagos has been around longer than yeah. Evan von Shriver. Yeah, has had a, a more illustrious career. Right. I mean, fundamentally, the 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 argument is: I disagree with things that you've said and things that you believe. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I don't do I or do I not want to 
push those feelings down and hand you money. Yep. What if you have him sign it and then tell him all that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Jim, will you sign this? Hey, your shit back. Stop being racist. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can see. So for me, it's like I bought a um, a Captain America book that like introduced Madam Hydra and Mm -hmm. a handful of things. It's like a a reprint of whatever that cap issue is because the original's way too expensive. Yeah. Um, but I love those old Captain America issues and mm-hmm. I associate him with those issues and he's not going to be around much longer. And it's like, it would be cool to have his signature on something like that that I... The, the wild thing is, is that you associate Captain America... Uh-huh. With anti-racism. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like, to me, that's, like, instrumental into who the character is. And when you grew up reading these comic books and Mm -hmm. finding, you know, new back issues and all these stories, you soak in so much of your moral compass through these archetypes and stories and heroes. And that's what makes it extra baffling to see someone who worked on those things that like made me the person I am be such a shithead that I feel so opposed to. Um, Well, thankfully he didn't write any of them, but he's like, no, he didn't. (laughs) You're right. He did the art. That'd be a different Captain America. (laughs) But like, I mean, but, but it's, it's hard for me too, because I don't have anything signed by him. I was really looking forward to getting something signed by him this, this year. And, I'm in the exact same boat, and I, you, you know, you're right. I don't want to give him twenty bucks, um, but he's, I know. he's, as far as comic books go, he's one of the like last yeah. living legends. Yeah, that's just like, I mean, double digit. He did that like famous cover of Polaris on X Men Fifty. Yeah, um, I mean, he's he's been around for fucking ever. Yeah. Like and the guess, guys who worked with Jack Kirby, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like came up with these like instrumental classics. Like, there's not many of them left, and he's one of them. But like, at the whatever, we could talk in circles yeah. for about this. Yeah. But like, we could. We're not going to solve racism tonight. For well, no, I think not. I think where we stand right now is that we don't want to give this guy any of our money, and uh, it sucks to have someone who could have been a, a hero and could have made something special to you even more special by signing it. Yeah. It's ruined by the fact that um he's racist. Do you have any counterfeit money? <laughs> now there's an idea. Can you bamboozle him? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Get a little ink inkjet printer. Print off some fake twenty dollar bills. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I like that idea. It's it's tough <laughs> and it's a it's a conversation that uh has to be had. With a lot of creators, if you can get him to write, I'm sorry, I tweeted racist things on the comic on on mm-hmm. my <laughs> Nick Fury four. <laughs> I'm nigh like, I'm nigh invulnerable when I'm tweeting. I'm tweet. <laughs> Jim Straneko, my B. Sorry, Roy. Yeah, then Roy signs underneath it. There's a, Pete Rose did a series of baseballs he signed that that says, uh, "I'm sorry, I bet on baseball." He wrote on the That's side. That's hysterical. Yeah. I want one of those and a. And a Ripken fuckface card. <laughs> uh, any other news, or should we move right on the comic books? No, we've got like twelve minutes left in this episode. I we can go over, but just, yeah, we'll go just, a little... just an FYI on time. Just a, a, a tad over. I only have two books to cover. I read Black Tape from AWA mm-hmm. by Dan Panosin mm-hmm. and Dalibor Talajic. It is about. A rock and roll god who wrote a song that forever changed his career, and he died. And like the book shifts to his widow grieving him, mm-hmm. and everyone trying to console her. And then the end, like, and you think that's just gonna be it. It's just like a guy dies, people are kind of going after the widow for rights to the song. Yep, you know, trying to butter her up, get on her good side, and then the very Last two pages of the book totally flips, and she finds a secret room behind a fireplace, 
with all this like demonic worshiping <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah. Oh, so he sold his soul to get the song. That's what we're led to believe. Yeah. We got a little bit of a Robert Johnson situation here <laughs> yeah. where he sold his soul to the devil, devil to, to write this incredible song that mm-hmm. can change everything. And so, um, that's dope. Yeah, it was like a, it was a very standard story. And then, like the last three pages, I was just like, "God damn it, I'm in! <laughs> you son of a bitch, you've done it. You got me. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go." And so that was a uh, black tape out on AWA. I was super pumped to read it. And then I read Bloodline: Daughter of Blade out on Marvel by Danny Lore, Karen Debeau, and Chris Peter. That had some cool covers. How, how many covers did it have? I think a thousand. <laughs> One thousand covers. More than Eternals or less than Eternals? Uh, less, yeah, <laughs> for sure, less. Yeah. And uh, it was it was good. It was uh, the introduction of Blade's daughter. This mm-hmm. isn't. I don't think this is her first appearance. Nope. That it happened. This some... is her third appearance, I think. But this is like just like her new adventure of like being the daughter of Blade and hunting down vampires, just like her daddy. Cool. And um, if it becomes a big character, this will be an issue to have. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. you get those like first appearances and maybe a second appearance that precede like a first solo title. Yeah. Like a Miss like Miss Marvel was that way, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel. Yeah. And that Kamala Khan number one is a book that people yeah. really like and really they go after that. Go yeah. after. I could see this being an MCU character for sure. Oh yeah. By you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think they're hoping. <laughs> well, they're they're doing a blade movie or something, Marshall right? Marshall Ali is gonna be Blade. And that's so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. But you could totally see a spinoff show with a teenager. People would love that. <laughs> I would love B- to see Buffy Blo- in the MCU. Yeah, I would right. love to see Bloodline like on the Champions. <laughs> just like hell yeah, man. <laughs> just like mm-hmm. what the hell is she doing here? And she's just like a giant ass sword cutting down zombies. Yeah, dude. I mean, Blades in the Blades and Avenger right now. So yeah, <laughs> it would totally work. I love yeah, it. It's a, it, so getting back to the book, it just follows her like. Through her everyday life, there wasn't any real vampire action until the end where she gets into the, a weird predicament and then, uh, you know, Blade's called to help out his daughter and yeah. save her from vampire vampire shenanigans. We're going to have to get you a, a shot of whiskey or something. <laughs> I need a hot up. toddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've right. lost my voice. I'm out for the episode, so boys, take her off. <laughs> uh, I read Gangster Ass Barista by Pat Shand. It is a spinoff of Destiny New York. Um, he did all those books originally as uh, Kickstarter exclusives, and then they slowly made their way to Black Mask, and that was the same case with uh, Gangster Asperista. But really fun story. So I know it's been out there for a little bit, and it's been a Kickstarter like add-on bonus mm-hmm. for all of his series. But um, finally in print... Um, really fun story. You don't need to have read Destiny New York to enjoy it. Um, it just exists in that world. So, uh, I recommend it. It's kind of like a young woman who's a whippersnapper, badass, working in a coffee shop and has kind of gotten out of a crime scene and then gets like kind of forced back into it by some happenstance. And uh, really, really fun read. Pat Shand is like quickly becoming a writer that I really? like any anything he writes. I'm like, yep, sign me up. I know nothing about Destiny. Yeah, but I have seen it on the shelves. It's like it's like kind of how Strangers in Paradise used to be for me. It, it just it, it exists. I I want to get into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where or how. This may be a good entry point for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a great thing because you can read this first issue of the Barista book as if it were a one shot mm-hmm. and see if you like his writing style. I know you would. Um, but if you want to read all of Destiny New York really cheap, the next time Pat Shan does a Kickstarter, just be on the lookout for it because you can always do like. Oh, like add ons or whatever. The digital bundle add ons yeah. and get like all the past volumes for like 20 bucks digital or something like that. Read that on my Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even read them all. I When they started coming to Black Mask, I started buying the individual issues and then I yeah. lost track of them somewhere. But um, I really liked the first like five, six issues. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe we'll buy some trades and split them or something. Really? You do that for me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I am shocked that neither of you guys talked about this. I read Sins of Sinister, number one. Well, there's a reason. He doesn't get his shipment for uh, like another week. Good. Mine's coming tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> and mine also comes like in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, this is about hot-ass Mr. Sinister. Sexy as hell, Always Mr. Hot. Sinister. <laughs> uh, and his machinations. I don't want to spoil anything, but his machinations on Krakoa. Now, those yeah. are like the cookies with the filling, right? Yeah, that's machinations. Mac- that's a, yep, that's a machination. You got it. The different colors. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I have read, like, so I think Immoral X-Men has been a, or is it Immortal X-Men? There was an Immoral X-Men. There was not an Immoral X-Men. Or there is going to be There's one. There's going to be one. There's going to be oh. one. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a so, sexy it, fan fiction of an X-Men book. Let me let me check the back of this. I think that's a, a Sins of Sinister tie. Yeah. So Immortal X-Men. Yeah. Immor- oh, yeah. Immortal X-Men. Yeah. 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 Immortal leads into Sins of Sinister in its in the last issue I read anyway. And I, I don't know if you read that book. Uh-uh. But there was this amazing issue where um, Nathaniel Essex finds out he can uh, use Moira clones to reset, like basically create time bombs and reset to like specific points in time. Correct. And so he repeatedly goes back and back and back trying to figure out how he can kill as many members of the Quiet Council as possible. And you just watch him do it like eight times in a row throughout one issue until he causes like enough damage where he's killed the right people that he can be happy with to get away with basically what's going to happen in sense of sinister. Yeah. And that's, that pays off in this. Yes. (laughs) Um, They explain that in here. Do they? Okay. Thank God. In case you haven't read that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I didn't read any of that. Um, But it's, it's a great book. Um, it, It really I think what's going to end up happening is them focusing on these different areas because it's all spinoff books, yeah. right? Um, but the the this specific book kind of shows how like Mister Sinister went through all this plotting and nonsense stuff, and then it backfires on him ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know the the, the foils. Of, of, <laughs> oh, the hubris. Yeah, of exactly. Hubris is, is his downfall. So. Um, I think saying anything beyond that is going to spoil it. This is this is a really good book, though. It's Kieran Gillen, um, so you know what you're going to get there. Uh, I am not an X person. The only X book I'm reading is Red X Men Red, yeah. which I'm enjoying a lot. But this is this was great. Um, I picked it up because I want to read that Nightcrawler's book. Hell fucking yeah. yeah so, but this this first issue sold me on the rest of them. I'm going to get all the spinoffs. Um, and there's only 12 or 13. Issues, to, to, not spinoffs. Issues. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Issues. Um, like, all all in the, the back Isn't there, one like so. Storm and the Brotherhood? Yep. Storm, that came out this week. Uh, Nightcrawler's Immoral X-Men. Um, and then it ends with Sins of Sinister Dominion. So... Okay, can you answer this for me? Do yeah. we get any uh, Chimera X Men, or like the the mixed up clones that like combine people in this issue? Uh, Nightcrawler shows up. Okay, the Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler. So you get you get to see a little bit of. It. All right, we cool. get a little taste, maybe. Yeah, a little teaser. Right um, on. The other thing I wanted to update real quick on is <laughs> this is like the Minute War. One, yeah, One Minute War Flash so cool. too. Um, so. <laughs> If anybody remembers from last time, this confirms some things for me. The the alien race that crashes does control the the speed force. Aha! Uh-huh. So the Flash family is able to move in double speed inside of while everybody else is paused. Yeah. Um, and this just sets up more of the stuff. It's still really great. If anybody has any kind of inkling, you know, oh, I'm kind of interested in the Flash. Go out and get it. Um, huh. I'm sure 791. 791 is the one that came out. 93 comes out next week. I'm sure 790 is still on the shelves. Yeah. If you want to go grab it, but 
it's still good after two issues. So where are these aliens from? We don't know yet. Have you seen them? We have. What do they look like? Folks. Just regular dudes. Oh. They've got funny colored skin. Okay. Well, there you go. Are they from inside the Speed Force? We don't know yet. That's what I'm kind of interested in finding mm-hmm. out. But, um, yeah, f- for sure it takes place over the course of, like, one minute. That's in, still in, in uh, Earth time. fantastic concept for yeah, a Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, super, super dope. All right. That's, a, that's an episode, as we say here on First Issue Club. <laughs> We're always saying that. That's our catchphrase. You didn't say your catchphrase at the beginning of the episode. Nah. I bailed on it. As I said mine. <laughs> you know what? I really, T-G-I-F-I-C. I really like uh, your... You, for a while, you were doing Until Next Time, Bag and Boredom mm-hmm. or something. I like that. Okay. That's a good sign-off. Well, we'll end with that. Okay. But remember, go to patreon.com slash firstissueclub for more First Issue Club content. We're on every social media platform you can think of. Uh, we actually got kicked off of LinkedIn because we didn't have any past uh, work history on there. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they want that. Um, and until next time, remember to bag and board them. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.